Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very, very exciting. I have left it until the last minute to record this episode, but I'm currently sat in bed. I've got a mulled wine. I've got a hot water bottle. I've got candles on. It is very, very wholesome right now. And I feel like it's a good time to record the podcast. The house is quiet and I feel like it's a good time. So I have had the loveliest day in the history of all days. No, it was so wholesome and nice my entire family came to visit me like entire like mom dad and both sisters and my nana and it was really really cute because I haven't seen them in so long I haven't seen them since I left for uni in end of September and now it's like end of December September October October November November oh my god three months three months it's crazy isn't it and it's weird as well because it's like if I was to go away on a trip for three months, I would feel so overwhelmed and like, oh my God, I'm going to like think about it really intensely. But when I left, I didn't really think about the fact that I'm not going to see you for that long. It's crazy, isn't it? That when we go away to like faraway countries, we think way more about the fact that we're not going to see people. But even when you're in the same country and not super far away from people, you could not see people for that amount of months. It's like the physical distance makes it so much more intense than not. It's kind of weird, but I had such a nice day. My sister stayed over last night and it was really nice. We made dinner together and mulled wine it was really cute and then this morning we made breakfast and then we met my family and we went for a walk and we went for lunch and it was really just really nice we saw all the christmas lights and we went into all the christmas shops like you know um liberties and stuff like when it's all the christmas shops they are so expensive oh my god do you know how much they were charging for christmas tree decoration 15, no, it's 30 pounds. There was this reindeer, this like fluffy reindeer that was, it was large to be fair. It was reindeer size, 923 pounds, 25 pounds, sorry. 23 would be weird, 25. Oh my God, oh my God. Whoever's buying that reindeer, can you just give me it instead because you have too much disposable income. Like I can put it to better use. I imagine it's like when we went into oh my god I can't remember it there's another shop there's another Christmas shop I can't Fortnum Mason Fortnum Mason when we went into Fortnum Mason um with my nana the last time because they're just nice Christmas shops to go look around um there was this golden carriage I kid you not it wasn't even that big but it was like this golden carriage thing to put on like a table or something 1,500 pounds who is walking into these shops and buying this type of things? Because, like, there's better things you can spend your money on. £1,500. I couldn't get over it. It was crazy. But it was so nice. Oh, and also, so we went and saw all the Christmas things. We saw all the Christmas lights. I also saw my... We bumped into, like, my auntie and my uncle and my cousins, which was weird but really cute. And when we went into Fortnum Mason... My sister wanted like some little chocolates or something from the front thing. And the guy was so lovely. He saw like a broken one and he gave it to her because he was like, you have been waking, waiting so patiently. And then at the end of it, he gave me, mum and her all chocolates for free. And I was like, this is the best day ever. And then mum took me to M&S and she bought me dinner. So I have just had, it's been so nice. And I was going to go home with them, but I kind of just felt like I need to, you know, when you leave and then you come back in the morning and it's like, you do still have the same amount of time to do work, but you don't feel as, like, settled into the routine. Like, I know if I wake up tomorrow morning here, then I can just have, like, a good head start on everything, and I know I'll feel better for doing that, and I'm going to go for a walk in the morning and edit the podcast. So I just feel... I feel like this is a good idea. Although I've ordered my trainers to the wrong place, and I'm not going to lie, it's really stressing me out. I ordered my trainers to the wrong house, and I don't know why it's giving me so much anxiety, because it's literally going to be absolutely fine. 
but it's given me a lot of severe anxiety. So I'm trying not to worry too much about that. This week has been intense, I can't lie. I have felt a lot of burnout. I, you know, I know when I feel burnout because I get really unmotivated with everything that's going on. I'm just like, you know what, I can't be bothered to do this right now. I just can't. It's just too much. And I think I've been working so hard the past few weeks that like this finally hit this week, which is why I think I just needed today as a bit of a day off. And we got all of our exams as well for uni today, no, on Friday. And it was kind of overwhelming at first, but I think this is the thing that I'm starting. It's like overwhelming when you first see it. But the more you see it, the less overwhelming it gets and it just gets better and better and better. So trying not to get too overwhelmed with it because we have like a large amount of time to do them. Oh, what was that? I thought I heard something, but I don't think I did hear something. But exactly, like we have a large amount of time to do them. I just need to not get overwhelmed with it, which is easier said than done. But I think this is the thing I'm starting to realise is that nothing I do is a life or death situation so it's going to be always fine like I need to just not overthink things and worry about it and it is going to be okay something easier said than done and I do worry about these types of things a lot um but it's just I think in my undergrad I was so overwhelmed with everything and I really let it get to me and that really affected my mental and I just need to not let that happen this time I think have a better work-life balance this time well lol I say that I literally finish work at like 11 p.m sometimes and that's not great but we can't have everything, okay? We can't have everything. Maybe I don't have the right work-life balance, but I have a better mindset about it. I remember my undergrad feeling so overwhelmed and anxious about everything that was going on and literally being like, this is a life or death situation. Like, this is it. And now I'm much more after having the year out, like, you're going to survive if this doesn't go to plan. Like, you'll be okay. There are other options out there. And I think that's really, really helped. And I wish I'd have been more like that in my undergrad. So please take this from me nothing, nothing, this is not a life, like, uni is not life or death, you'll, you'll be okay, I mean, that probably sounds like such an overreaction, I bet no one else is like that, but I used to be literally, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, this is it, this is it, and it's really not it, I promise you, like, thing, good things just happen, it's just, it weirdly all works out, it really, everything ends up working out, I feel like, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I felt a bit sad when everyone left today, felt a bit like flat I don't know why like I wonder if it's like linking with the burnout of this week but when my mum and my like family left I felt really really sad about it like my sisters came back to my house and like got their stuff and then they left and I just had a big cry I just had a big cry sometimes you just need a bit of a big cry I just felt I don't know, it's like when I see my family in these types of moments when, like, I don't see them for a while and then I see them again, I realise how much time is passing. I realise how much time is changing because obviously they're younger than me, so I see them grow up and I see little things change about them. And it's really hard because it, like, when you're on your own and time is passing, I don't think you realise how much time is passing because it's not as obvious in, like the way you look and things like that. But when you see it in a younger person, you realise how much time is truly passing because things physically change. Like, it was little things like my little sister's hand was a bit bigger in my hand when I was holding her hand. And I was like, oh, like that's, oh, that's like a, it's such a silly little thing, but it's little things like that that I just notice more and it just makes me feel a bit like, it is hard being away from everyone. There's, but also, like, there's no other option. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to stay at home. I don't want to stay 
in my hometown. That's, that's not an option. This is the only way forward, really. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just, I think it's one of those constant things of dealing with getting older, isn't it? I think the more and more you get older as well, the more you're realising people around you are getting old. I don't know, time just becomes... I think everyone says this as you get older. You think you have so much time, then you realise how you barely have any time. And I think that's also helping me to stop worrying about, like exams and deadlines and everything it's not we don't have that much time this is probably my last time in education so I'm really just trying to enjoy it and not let it overwhelm me too much like that sounds like I'm really like guys I had a proper breakdown on Wednesday like it was way too much and I just got so overwhelmed I just cried and I was like I actually feel so shaky and I don't know how I'm gonna do this but I did it and yeah it's been time is passing and it's passing really fast. I'm just trying to really see the positives in a lot of it. And I think I am managing to do that. And I'm proud of myself for doing it because I think my headspace, although sometimes it's like shaky in terms of I doubt myself or I doubt what's going on or I doubt that I'm on the right path or I doubt that like, I just doubt myself really. I know ultimately that I am on the right path because intuitively it feels right and I also have a much greater appreciation for the good things that are happening in my life and I feel like that's really really important so in light of this I feel like I know I should probably do a bigger life update but I just feel like oh it's been 10 minutes never mind um time passes so fast on the podcast it's weird I feel like I don't think I'm talking for that long and then I click on it I've literally been talking for like 20 minutes I don't know how you all listen I'm so sorry but I feel like I should delve straight into the podcast episode because I was starting to plan it, like I always plan the podcast episodes, and I was starting to plan this one, and as I was planning it, I was thinking of so many things I wanted to say, and I just think my initial reaction to my journal will be better. This is so exposing, but we're going to be selectively exposing, lol, no. But I think it's important, the reason why I think this podcast is important is because I think it's important for you to see the growth that can happen in a year, and I think it's really important for you lot to see the re like I feel like I share every my most parts of my life on here this this podcast is my life it's everything that's going on in my head it's everything that's going on it's my thoughts it's my opinion it's me really and I think a lot of people say they change over the year like I've grown so much this year but it's hard to really quantify how much someone has grown or how much someone can change without really realizing what they were at the start because you already see them at the end so you don't realize how much they've come from And I think hearing where someone's come from and hearing where they've been and hearing where their headspace was and seeing where they're at now can be a really positive thing in seeing that where you can also be. Because I know there's been times where I felt really low and I've looked at people at really high points in their lives and I've compared myself and I've just been like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get to that point. I can't see the path at all. So that's why I think this podcast is really, I think it's really important. So on with today's topic, which is reflecting over the year I know I did this one this time last year I did it about new years and I don't want to do it on new years this time because I'm going to be stressed because I have exams and I think I'm in a good headspace to do it now when I'm in exam mode I'm always a bit like ah so I feel like I'll feel too emotional to do it then so that's why we're going to do it now but I think it should be really good so yeah on to today's topic and so here we go So the very first diary entry, you guys know what my headspace is like now, you know that everything has happened, you know that I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a good place, like I feel like although uni gets overwhelming, although uni gets hard, I am mentally, like in myself, I feel in a good place right now, I feel able to 
like self-soothe myself quite well at the moment. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a good place, but this year has been hard. And when I think back to the beginning of the year, I was talking about this with my flatmates. I was thinking, or housemates, like people I've lived with. I was chatting about the year and like, January, I was really, like, not that great. Like, I was really unhappy, and I didn't really... I don't think I really realised how unhappy I was. This is why I want to do, like, blind reactions to the diary, because this is... Like, I didn't realise... I I got a bit emotional reading it, because I... I don't really read back what I write. I write things, but I don't really read back. And so this was, like, the first time I've read back in the entire year, I never go back, because I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm just not interested, I just kind of, like, just do each day, and then I have moments like this where I do read back, and I'm kind of reflective, and I'm like, fuck me, like, the first, so, I need to just start, so the first one, to give this, put this in perspective, I think this is about the 23rd of Jam, 2022, and I have all my goals, so what I always do in my journals, like, I'll do an episode or something on this, like, how I journal each week or whatever, but I started off with a very kind of, you've got to, I'll paint the picture, I'm working a lot of hours at work right now, like a lot of hours to earn money, but I'm not actually earning that much money. Like I thought I was working, you know, when you're working so many hours, but like I was only, I was on like minimum wage. So there's a max amount that you can really earn with that. Um, So it was all, I was just finding it a lot because it was just kind of like, how is this all going to come into play? How is everything going to work out? How is this going to come together? And I remember that being a really overwhelming feeling. And I remember, from what I remember from the beginning of the year, just feeling very drained, very like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember feeling quite lonely because I was in my hometown and I was on my own and I felt very aware that I was on my own. And I felt very aware that a lot of people, because I'd left university, everyone was doing totally different things. And I felt quite aware of the fact that I wasn't doing those things anymore. And like, was I doing the right thing? And it was just, I remember feeling like it was very hard. And this is what I wrote. I feel like I'm having a constant anxiety emotional attack. I feel like my chest is tight, but my tears keep flowing. I just feel an overwhelming sadness. I feel like I'm on the tip of the iceberg about to fall off into the sea of sadness. Most days and moments I feel happy. I feel positive. But then something, usually a narrative that makes me feel not wanted, usually led by my own thoughts and emotions, occurs and I'm plunged into a sea of negativity where I don't feel like there's a way out. It feels almost like emotional purging. Like, I feel too much of everything and it all comes out of me. I'm not very good at letting me control my emotions and I don't feel in the right headspace to record a podcast. I think... When I'm reading back to this about that, I feel happy, I feel... No, when most days and moments I feel happy, I feel positive, but then something, usually a narrative that makes me feel not wanted, usually by my own thoughts and emotions. I think this is probably the hardest narrative that I have in terms of dealing with my own headspace. I think this is the narrative that I find the trickiest. And I was thinking about, like, why do I find this so hard? Like, why do I... Why do I struggle so much with not feeling wanted? And I was, like, thinking... And, it like, this is nothing on anyone to do with my life right now. This is nothing to do with anyone here. And they, they couldn't be more incredible people. It's a me thing, you know? It's, like, an inner child me thing. And I was like, what was it and then I was thinking back and I was like remembering some I remember once like someone invited me around to like for some reason I was going to a house party somewhere I don't really know the details I can't remember the details I was going to a house party or something and I was like 
needed to see some I, I need it wasn't in my hometown it was somewhere else and I needed to stay at their house or I needed to like I was like oh can I stay at yours because I lived really far away and they're like yeah yeah that's fine and then they were having their own like friends round but in order for me to come round to their house they're like yeah you can come round but like I don't want you chatting with my friends and I don't want you to speak to them so you have to stay downstairs in my room you can't come upstairs like and I think back to those that moment that's so fucked that's so bad like they're like yeah you can't come upstairs you're not allowed to come upstairs you just have to like they're like you can stay in my room and you can do your makeup and get ready in my room and then you can go um but like basically I don't want you here but you can be here I just don't want to see you and I remember like people from upstairs like coming down to see me and I've been like and having a bit of a chat with me and then feeling weird about going upstairs and I'm just like no wonder I have this fucking narrative about not feeling wanted do you know what I mean like it's I think I think moments like that and those types of moments you don't realize how damaging they can be and you don't realize the impact that things like that can have on you and I think that really fed into the narrative of me not feeling like I belonged and me not feeling welcome and me not feeling like like I'm not wanted somewhere. That really like emphasised that I wasn't wanted there and I wasn't wanted and like basically be seen, don't be heard. Go sit in my room and do your makeup and then leave. Like, I don't really want you here. And especially when it's someone that you really cared about doing that to you, I think that can make you, that can really emphasise that type of narrative and I think that's something that's really stuck and it's still something that I really struggle with now but I think over the year, at the beginning of the year I was so much on my own and I was so kind of in my own head and I was having to be on my own that I think I kind of started to realise that this narrative of me not feeling wanted and me not feeling like I belong somewhere, if I wasn't wanted, I've started to realise like if I'm not wanted somewhere that is nothing on me and that is a full reflection on them and that's got nothing to do with me and that that is okay. It's okay for people not to want you there. It's nothing to do with you. It's just them and their dicks. Like, do you know what I mean? I have quite like a different mindset about it now, but looking back on this, I see myself as so fragile and so struggling with this thought process of not being wanted anywhere and not feeling like I belonged and not feeling like I had that thing. And I wonder if this is what made me push for the podcast and made me be like, you know what, I'm going to make something where I want everyone to feel wanted and I want and I don't want people to feel like how I felt because it was shit, guys. Like, it was... I remember, and I was just going to the... I remember, like, when I was leaving to go to the party, me walking down the stairs and, like, running to the taxi and just being like... I spoke to my friend, I was like, that was really weird. That was really, really weird. That was really weird. I don't want to go back and stay there tonight. Like, that was really, really, really weird. I don't think I did go and stay there that night. I think I stayed at a different friend's house. It was really weird. If you ever do this to someone, if you're that person, please stop. Because you don't realise the impact that you have. Because this happened to me when I was 15. Like, do you know what I mean? And, like, that's, like, just one example. There were so many other little examples that feed into that narrative. Like, I know it would be maybe dramatic just to have it all from one thing. But that's, like, a standout thing that I really remember. And... I don't think you realise the impact that it had, but I think in this beginning period of time, I was forced to be on my own so much that I really had to deal with that narrative of, if I'm not wanted and I'm on my own, 
that is not worst case scenario. I like being on my own and it's okay. And this period of the beginning of the year where I was so lonely and I was so alone, I felt so kind of on my own, in my own thoughts, in my own head, made me realise that I can spend time on my own. And it's like, like tonight I'm on my own and this, this type of situation would have filled me with dread before. And now I really appreciate it. And it's just weird looking back on it, thinking about why did that play into it? What happened? But when I look at a lot of my January kind of like diary entries, they're very, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of feeling insecure and feeling unsure of where I'm at. And there's a lot of, there's there's just a lot of me feeling very, very anxious and very, very alone like some, like they all kind of like, there's another one, like feel like I had a bit of a panicky day today. I feel like very sad. Like I feel very alone and I feel like I was really struggling. And when I think about my headspace now that I don't, I've never felt more connected to so many incredible people right now because of the podcast and because of like, there was, there are so many amazing people on my course and I found such good friends there. And in my house, I found such good friends here and my family and my like home. I just, I've created such a great group of people around me right now. But I wonder if in order to curate that great group, I had to have that time in the beginning of the year where I did feel really shit. So if you are feeling really shit right now, I promise you it does get better. This is speaking from someone who had like, like guys, I was really struggling at the start of the year. Like really, really struggling. And I was just, I was just like... Like, a lot of mine start, like, it'll be like, I had a good day. Today was a bit of a bad day. Like, my headspace isn't great today. But it just kind of, like, unknown feelings. I just, that's like a diary entry title for some, like, this month. And I just feel like I was just sad. I had a bit of an anxiety attack moment this evening. It's just, it was hard. January was a hard month. I think I stopped recording a podcast. I stopped recording podcasts in December, January because I just felt so overwhelmed with my own emotions. So kind of like, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, what was I going to do. That it just made me feel really overwhelmed. And I think looking through it, like I've just kind of skipped and I think now I'm on like the beginning, the middle-ish of February. So I'd probably say I'm like 6th of Feb. So this is probably like four weeks after that period. So it's been about a month. And I think at this point... I'm like, I feel like I've woken up feeling refreshed. My new thing for this week is no phone for 30 minutes before bed. And when I get up, first thing I wake is I read my book. And it made me realise that there's no pressure in this moment, in this exact moment. So I need to enjoy it. I think... I remember... I have this thing where I really struggle to set, sit still and not put pressure on myself to do things in the moment. Like, I put so much pressure on myself. There's so many different things that I do and there's so much little time and I put so much pressure on myself when I'm doing these things that I think it's, it was a really good period of my life. Like, I cannot, having that moment at home at the beginning of the year when I was so alone and bored and isolated was so important to make me realise that it's okay to enjoy yourself and just relax. And it's something that I'm really bad at and I'm probably not going to get, I do get better at it but I'm not good at it. Maybe it's the ADHD, but maybe it's... I don't know. I don't know. I felt very confused in this point period. Like, 
although I was getting better and more clear, like when I'm reading across, it gets better. Like I'm like, okay, today was a better day. Like I have more clarity in my head. But I think like right now I've written this for 18, the 18th of January. Right now I am flying. I'm looking at the sky and I remember just how alone, like connected we are. We're alone in the sense that you have to make your own way. You're in charge and yet everyone is so interconnected. I feel like I'm outgrowing a lot of elements at the moment. And I've drawn like a little picture and it's like zone of comfort, a dot where I am and a dot of where I should be. And zone of comfort, it's like square around it. And I'm a little bit out of it. And I think I should be like a little bit further out of it. And I say like things that are making me feel like an imposter, posting videos of the podcast, running, key lessons, not to take photos and everything and try to be present. I think this is the... I think during this period, I was starting to realise that it's okay to be alone, that it's okay to be on your own, and that doesn't make it bad. And I think I was evaluating a lot of different things in my life at the moment and feeling like, again, that kind of like feeling of not belonging. Whereas beforehand, that would have been a thing on me, on thinking that what's wrong with me? Am I broken? Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there a reason why I can't find these things that click like everyone else can? And it was this period... February where I kind of was like no it's nothing to do with me it's not a personal thing it's just a I'm just getting to know myself right now and being on my own isn't bad and I think that's important I think that's really important I think this yeah again another thing I wrote was like this was the 20th of February I tried to focus on the positive of each situation if something no longer benefits me it's okay to let it go you're allowed to lose something from a distance no you're allowed to love something from a distance Carving out time for yourself is essential. You can't pour from an empty cup. Energy is key. You don't have to engage in emotions slash thoughts that do not serve you. I was really starting to understand who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and realising that these negative emotions that I have about things, dig a bit deeper, what are they reflecting? I think this would be my biggest, maybe the biggest thing I learned from February. If January was being alone and understanding how I am on my own and understanding that, like, I am lonely... February was realising that it's okay to be on your own and that taking that time for yourself to regroup is really important. And I think that's why that year out was so important for me to kind of regroup and be like, who am I? Before I start this next chapter of my life, who am I? And what do I want? And where am I going? And what do I value? What what do I want in life? And it was really important to me to know that because I felt like I hadn't really known that before. I hadn't been aware of it. And it was really, really tricky my God, look, this is the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. So when we went skiing as a family, we had this skiing instructor and she was so lovely and she was very like energetically, like law of manifestation, like law of attraction type, very spiritual. That was the word I was searching for. I couldn't remember it. And here, let's look through my manifestations and think about what happened. Okay. Manifestations. I manifest being accepted to LSHTM. That happened. I manifest moving to the most amazing London house. That happened. I manifest passing my driving test. Thank fuck that happened. I manifest my page going viral, gaining limitless followers and being able to use it as a source of income. Well, it did go viral. I don't use it as a source of income, but maybe one day. You never know. I manifest attracting 10,000 people to my page and I gain a blue and I gain a blue tick. I could still gain a blue tick. The month is not over yet. We can still succeed in all of these manifestations. I manifest getting the most amazing friendship group in London. I manifest exploring a new culture in, with Louis in summer. I manifest succeeding at my course. 
I think a lot of those things happened, you know? A lot of those things happened. That's kind of weird. Like, manifest... I don't think, like... Going viral... Like, that video where uh, I was just about, like, my... Like, about my last relationship and things like that. I think... It's interesting, isn't it? You don't... You don't realise these things when you put them out. Like, being vi- going viral is such a weird sensation because you... It's, it's just a video... And it just so happens that it got the right amount of clicks at the right amount of time and it hit the algorithm in the exact right point. Like, so many things have to collide for that to happen. And it's something so unpredictable. It's been a thing that you can't chase it. You can't chase success on social media because it's almost controlled by everything other than you. It's nothing... As long as you carry on putting content out that you really, really love and that you think is good... That would be my biggest tick. This is going to be a random life advice podcast, guys. I'm sorry about this. It's just everything of my thoughts of as I go through this entire month. But I think I think it's okay to be like... Sorry, I said I think it's okay because I just read an episode. It's like, I feel okay. I think this is the thing. You can't be chasing it. Sunday reset. I feel okay. Sometimes I feel sad. I feel lonely and I question my worth because I struggle to make good friends. But this new week, I actively choose to leave that path alone calm in the knowledge that alone I am enough I'm so lucky to get my to know myself in this way I'm so grateful to be closer to my family to have an abundance of love money laughter happiness and positive energy think yeah that was February January was realizing that I was really struggling because that had been a kind of point where it was like it wasn't just January it'd been leading to that since September so September October November December January hit and I was like no it's bad and February was kind of like light at the end of the tunnel like the, I think when you're in a really bad headspace, like the only thing that would have solved that, I had to solve it. And it was one of those things where I really had to dig deep and solve because it's been such a thing that was key throughout so many parts of my life is that feeling of like not feeling wanted, not feeling like I belonged to them, realising that that's nothing to do with me and that I am enough on my own. And I think that month of February, reading back through these, was so, so cool. Like so cool, no, like so critical so critical well month was obviously the month where i wanted to pass my driving test because literally every single di- every single journal entry is about driving there is nothing i literally i speak about driving more than anything i've ever spoken about before it's ridiculous this is another thing which i would words of advice if you want to manifest something you need to be fully believing it talking about it writing it I am a confident and capable driver I will pass my driving test on Friday I can drive and I can drive I'm a licensed driver I can drive I'm full of positive emotions and I attract passing my driving test I can drive my driving test I've woken up I feel a little bit anxious I also there is a ball at the back of my throat and I feel like I'm going to be sick (laughs) but I can drive I am a confident driver I'm a capable driver and I will pass my driving test lol oh i i was stressed about that fuck me guys when i say my driving test passing my driving test hands down one of my greatest achievements i am an anxious driver ask anyone who has gotten a car with me i don't like driving i'd go so far as to say i hate driving i hate it with a passion i love being a passenger there is nothing i love more than being a passenger I don't enjoy anything about being the person in control. 
no thank you that's way too much stress to think about stalling mate if i could drive i just think there's so many things to think about but regardless i did pass and i'm so fucking proud of myself for doing it because i could not do that ever again ever again ever again and yeah, I think March was the month where I was kind of struggling with that productivity inability to settle still, like the idea that my worth is linked to how much I do. If January was struggling with being alone, February was coming to terms of being alone and being okay with that. M- March was struggling that maybe me coming to terms with being alone, being alone and being okay with that, maybe I was actually just overcompensating. I've written one here and it says... I feel happy and content and loved, but I need to work on being present. Acknowledging that I'm enough, that achievements enhance but don't define me is something I'm working on and actively trying to change the narrative of. This week and this month have been major. I feel like I've truly seen the benefit of daily gratitude. Not only does it put me in a better mood, but by doing so, I raise my vibration and attract more positivity into my life. I think... I think... I feel like I need to set my goals even bigger now, but when I sit down, I realise how tired I am. There's been a lot going on, a lot of things I think about, and I'm now able to calm my mind. But now I'm able to calm my mind. My mind is trying to find a reason to be anxious, trying to find an issue. I think this is a thing that maybe March was focusing on. The, The idea that I don't need to be super productive in order to have that in order to be worthy and it is something that is really really I think I don't know whether it's drilled into you from school or something the idea that like you need to achieve you need to do well like doing well defines success that is what succeeding is it's succeeding academically it's not creating incredible memories it is not it's not spending time with your friends it's not laughing loads it is getting that a star that a star will be worth more in life and I think that's a really sad narrative because you don't realise how harmful that is because in those moments, I think, well, personally, in those moments where I can have that kind of idea of, like, where I'm meant to be... Like, I spoke about it on a podcast a few weeks ago, like, me and my boyfriend went for brunch and I had work to do. And I spent the entire brunch being stressed about work that I had to do. So I ruined the brunch. Like, I ruined it. Like, there's no sugarcoat in it. I fully ruined it. Like... I ruined it. I was spent the entire time stressed and anxious. Like, I, like I mean, I'm not talking a bit anxious. Like, I nearly cried. It was ridiculous. And I ruined that experience. And I think... I think March was important for me to start to realise this. Like, even here, I've written, I've woken up feeling anxious because I slept in. But I remember my self-worth is not intrinsically linked to my productivity. I'm allowed to rest, to sleep. I'm enough. I'm okay. I think... There comes a lot in this kind of like self-growth of forgiveness. Forgiving yourself for feeling a certain way. Forgiving yourself for being anxious. Forgiving yourself for waking up and having those thoughts. That it doesn't reflect badly on you. That it just... That that's okay. That it's okay that you felt like that. That it doesn't reflect badly on you. That you're just learning and you're just growing. I think sometimes I wake up and I feel anxious. And then I feel guilty. And then it's just like this vicious cycle of feeling anxious and guilty. Anxious and guilty. Anxious and guilty. And it's really unhealthy. And it's something that... I think March was a big month in kind of... In doing that. March was a, March was a big... A big month in realising that I don't need... I don't need to feel good. 
Like, no, no, I do need to feel good. That was the wrong thing to say. Sorry, I was reading my goals. This is a terrible idea because I started to read like diary entries and it's distracting me. But it's the idea that I don't need to be doing things to feel good. And I think also looking back on this is making me realise how much I have grown. Like, these are my April goals. Finish two books, reach 300 followers on Instagram and have 25 listeners for the podcast. I reached 245 followers and I had 15 podcast listeners. And I remember writing, there was like a one earlier on. I can't find it now. I was trying to find it to read it to you guys. But it's literally like, I had 10 listeners for the pod. The podcast is growing. I have 10 listeners and I feel really excited about it. And I'm so happy that there's people listening. March goals was to have 15 listeners on the podcast. 15. And now there's like 360 of you. But in March, I just wanted 15. I was so excited when I hit 20. When I hit 20, I was like, oh my God, there's like 20 people out there listening to me. That's so fucking cool. But this is it. This is why I want to share these things because I think you can see things when they kind of come into fruition, when people start like, when it starts to get bigger and better, you can see these things. But you've got to realise that the growth was like, it has not always been like this. 20 new followers. That's all I wanted in February. That is all I wanted. That's all I felt I needed. That was it. That was it. God, March really was the month of me realising that I'm okay to rest. Because literally, the 4th of April, I feel tired and so I'm prioritising rest. And that is important. And I allow myself to rest. I think I've woken up feeling calm and I need to be winding down at 10 and 10.30. Like, I was starting to realise that this idea, this this narrative of me always needing to be doing stuff and in go mode, it wasn't healthy and it's not a good way to be. I think in education, it's really hard because there's always so much work to do and it's always so much self-worth, like self-work and like doing that extra work will push you further because it reflects in your grades. But when you have a job, it doesn't work like that. And I think that is something that I'm really looking forward to. I'm really, really, really looking forward to when I move into the working world is having that also time for yourself. Also... Also, hmm, this is interesting. Emotionally, this week's been very tough. The PMS has sent my emotions into override. I felt like I spent the whole week fighting with people. It's been hard, but now I'm aware and very conscious. I'm actively working against my emotions. I read things like this and I start to realise that I think that was probably maybe ADHD. Maybe that was not. Like, the reason why I feel a certain way, the reason why I need to pinpoint something, that need to feel that, it's been something that I've searching for for so long, and now I think I've just accepted that that is part of me. I do get emotionally very overwhelmed with things, and I am going to feel a lot, but that also means I'm very empathetic, and I'm very caring, and I have, like, I care a lot for people. I really care a lot for people, and that is a really good part of it, and I kind of have forgiven myself for feeling that certain way. I felt like that really a lot this week, like, very overwhelmed and very emotional about different things, and... I've kind of realised now that that's not so much of a bad thing. And I think maybe that was April. April was realising that these big things that I feel are not bad. Like, this is it. This Look, I've even written it here. Um, How I've woken feeling. 25th of the 4th, 2022. I feel like I've had to reset myself today. I tied my room, did a workout. I think a big thing for me is creating a community. I want to feel like people know they can come to me and I care for them. I think I feel a lot of elements of loneliness and a lot of emotions. But I feel like because I feel a lot of emotions, that means I can care for people. I guess my issue is now that I enjoy my time alone more than I actually enjoy pretending to actually enjoy things. 
That's interesting. I really like me. I like who I am becoming. And I think I need a new goal list. I think this is interesting. If you read the beginning diary entries, they weren't like that. They were very, very sad. Very like, I'm alone and I don't want to be like this. And now it's more of the mind of like, I would rather be on my own than doing something I don't want to do. And I didn't want to be like, in January, that is not where my mind was at. That was not where my mind was at. Look here. I went for dinner alone. I read my book. I ate food properly, smiling, tasting, hearing. I feel like I actually really enjoyed myself. I got an ice cream. I walked through London, chatting to mum on the phone. It was really nice to chat to her. It made me feel grounded. I think this is, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see the transition. This is why you should really journal. Because now January, February, March, April, May. Now we're in May, the fifth month. I will hurry up. I think it's really... It was a growth period of time. I was starting to actually enjoy being on my own. I was starting to enjoy spending that time. I think that's when I did alone but not lonely. And I think I was starting to realise what I actually wanted and that I wasn't... That that wasn't bad. That I was okay to be on my own. I started a new job and that was so excited. That was so, so exciting. I remember when it was my first... I've written one here about like, this is my first career job and I'm really proud of myself for getting it. And I was so fucking proud of myself. I was so proud of myself. And that's a really, you know, it was a good month. May was a good month. And now we're going into summer. And this is interesting because I've like got my summer bucket list and how do I want to leave summer feeling? And I've put, I want to feel totally confident in who I am and who I want in my life. I want to have surrounded myself with people who make me feel alive. I want to feel confident in the direction I'm going. I'll be more present in the moment, less screen time, less planning, less thinking about the next day. I want a summer of spontaneity and love and adventure, barbecues on the beach and swimming in the sea and reading outside. Every summer to date has been marked by something, a new friendship group, a new love, a new adventure. I wonder what the summer will bring. And I think about the thing that this summer was, it was like such a major, like me and Louie went to Bali for a month and that was incredible. And I got my first big job. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like a summer that I would never have predicted, a summer that I would never have guessed. My summers are always marked by like quite big things that happen. Like I think about like, Ever since this kind of like self growth, like ever since maybe I was, I feel like nineteen twenty when I went through the breakup. That was when everything changed for the better, and like that summer was when I met my new friendship group. And I found like some really great friends, and then I also then I met Louis, and then the next summer like was like friends, and like next summer was like Bali and working, and it was just you know, it was a good, it was good, it was. I think summers for me. I always tie a narrative to them because obviously it's summer holidays and living in a coastal town where everyone comes in the summer. Summer definitely feels like a very important like part of my life. It feels like a chapter that's always very synonymous with big things that happen in my life, big life events. And that's always happened. Like summer is the time where shit happens to me. Not in winter. Nothing really happens in winter. It's like I prep in winter and then shit happens in summer. I'm so excited. I wonder what will happen in this summer, guys. Like, oh, it's so exciting. I wonder where the podcast will be. I want to make podcast merch, but I don't know if anyone will buy it. Maybe I just buy it. Maybe I just make it for myself. Maybe. Would that be sad? Maybe that's a bit sad. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't have exposed myself. I'm going to probably delete that later. I would wear it. I would love to make a You've Got Mail tote bag. I think that'd be so cute. I think the logo's... I love the logo. Oh, and we could have little things on it. Maybe, fuck me, a planner. 
I would buy my own planner because I'm so great at making planners because I plan every part of my life. Maybe I need to stick with the podcast. I don't have that much time. Sorry, guys. On to January, February, March. So we said March was the thing of... April was the thing of realising that it's okay to be on my own and realising that I needed to be enjoying myself and in the moment. And that was the same for May. May was enjoying myself in the moment and being more present. And you can hear in my entries that I'm slowly getting happier and happier. I'm slowly getting better. But then, I think it's also important to note that it wasn't all good. I haven't been that tired. I haven't been this tired in weeks. All I could muster was lying in bed, TikTok, phone reading. I'm proud of myself for pushing myself there and pushing myself in so many great ways. Also, just read part of my book that said, we question why we are all led by money. We do not crave making a difference. Oh... Oh, I was saying, also, just read part of my book that said, well questioned, why we are all so led by money? Why do we not crave making a difference? And that really struck me. Mental how much of my life has changed in a year. Finished at Leeds Uni today. And today I was on a business trip there. I'm proud of how much I'm doing. My focus for the next two days is creating a sustainable morning routine. I'd like to incorporate a run slash walk and blah, 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 blah. I think, yeah. It's annoying because on these parts, I stopped putting dates. Oh, June. So that must have been... April, May, June. That was May. I think, yeah, May was realising that... I think a lot of my issues with the podcast came from me wanting to see it successful in a kind of monetary way. And I really kind of worked on that. And I was like, that's not really what I want. That's just how I could only deem success. That's just accountable quantitative measure for deeming, like, foreseeing success. And that's not really what I want. What I want is to make a positive impact. And as soon as I started focusing on making a positive impact, everything came so much more successful. Because I think that's the thing is like it's realising that that's not really like what is the core reason for what you're doing. And I think that motivates me a lot on my course as well as like the core reason for what I'm doing is because I want to make a positive difference. That has always been a key narrative that's been so important in my life is that I want to make a positive difference. It kind of rings true to the podcast we had last week on like dealing with death and that idea of being immortal and having a legacy is that I want my legacy to be good. I really, really, re- that's that's fundamentally important to me. As a, like, they say you should have like a set of things that are really important to you, and that's really, really important to me. Really important to me. And yet, with that mindset that being really important to me, I feel like it kind of emphasizes that like right now. So this is the end of June. I feel right now. I feel really overwhelmed with everything. I feel like I'm being pulled in so many directions, so many people to make happy. I had a good day, but I feel overwhelmed. People are noticing I'm not feeling great. I feel anxious because my source is saying... No, I feel anxious because I'm saying, yes, I can do this. I can accept what is coming. I'm powerful, but I'm fearful of it. I'm anxious because I'm scared of being successful and being overwhelmed with having to... I feel like I was was starting to... I think at this point I was starting to question whether I was able to have a positive impact on was it my place and feeling overwhelmed with the all different directions. This is something that I've been coming to terms with recently, this idea that you don't need to worry about how it's all going to come together and that it will all come together. You just have to trust in the process and it's not your job to knit all this, like knit all your jumper of life together. It's just your idea to come up with the thread. I don't know enough about knitting to make that make sense, but the idea that you come up with what you want to happen. You come up with where you think you're passionate about. You come up with the ideas that you think are good. And life will weave itself together. Life will weave itself together. You don't need to worry about how it's going to come together. You just have to trust that it will come together. 
it's not your job to make it come together. It's just your job to create the ideas in the first place or like create those opportunities. And I think that's something that I've been, I've been good. I've been good at kind of like accepting more recently because obviously my life is, there's so many different things going on. And I think it was at this period, like I was like, what a month. In August, I had no diary entries. For me, this week, this month has been madness. You've got mail is finally growing into something I'm really proud of, something I love, and I'm becoming better at it all. Today's my birthday and I feel weird nervousness around it. I don't know why. I finally signed for my house on Thursday and what relief that was to have a place that I can finally call my own. I think... I think August... August was a mental month. August, so many things were going on. I was trying to find a house. I was trying to finish my job. Like, my job was coming to an end. I was trying to sort out Bali. I was trying to run the podcast because now the podcast has become something so much bigger and I'd become... I now see these as, like... These are such a, a thing I do each week that provide me so much calmness and clarity that they're really important to me. And I think this is something that... I hadn't really realised before how important it was to me. And I think it's in that month of August where I realised how important it was because even when I didn't record a podcast, even when I didn't do it, I still had the podcast episodes and it was important for me to keep them going because that was my way of checking in with myself. And I think that's a thing that I would recommend. I think this is the thing I remember in journaling-wise. I used to get really anxious about not doing it every day because I thought that badly reflected on me and I thought, like, it was a pressure, blah, 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 blah. It's not a pressure, I think the reason why I've managed to keep such good notes on everything is because I just journal when I feel like I need to. And at the beginning of the year, I needed to more. And in August, it was summer and I was having my adventure and I didn't need to. And that's okay. You don't have to do it all the time. That's enough. So I think July was me coming to terms with kind of wanting to have a positive impact and kind of reevaluating my goals and reevaluating why I wanted to do things. I was questioning a lot of the deeper things inside my mind of like, why do I want to do this? What are my motivations? And that was really important for me to then go into August and just really kind of focus on those whys. And in doing that, I created a better, the things that I was creating were more close to like me because they were doing it because of what I really wanted to do. They weren't doing it to try and get an effect. And I think that was something that I really learned in August because then it meant that when I did finish my job and when I did go to Bali, I was in such a great headspace because I was focusing on things that I wanted to do because I wanted to do them for me. And if they didn't get a reaction that I thought they wanted to get, if they didn't get the reaction I thought they should get, then that was okay because I'd still created a content piece that I thought was really valuable. And I think that was a really... I think if the beginning of the year was digging deep into the loneliness and realising that I was lonely and then transitioning into that, realising that it was okay to be on my own and transitioning into questioning why do I feel like I'm not wanted, then going on to realising that it's okay to be on your own and that I'd rather be on my own than doing something I wouldn't want to do and then valuing myself enough to realise that rather than doing something, why am I doing something? Like I value my own opinion much more than any type of any type of algorithm, you know, like I value my own self-worth more than an algorithm. So if I think it's good, regardless of what anything else says, I know deep down that it is good. And if it's in alignment with what I want to do, then that makes it good. And that is enough. And that is success in itself. And I think that's really important. I think that was something that it took me a while to learn. But that was what summer was to me. That was that learning period of kind of 
valuing my own opinion and realizing if something sits well with me, then that's okay. And that's enough of a reason to do something, you know, trusting my instinct was so important in those months. And then going to Bali and being able to kind of, I don't have any, I wrote a different journal in Bali and most of them, I'm not going to lie, like diary entries about what I did. And I'm not in the right headspace to read that because I'll just feel jealous. Um, but I was in such a good headspace of realizing that it's okay for me to want to like, I trust in myself and I think Bali was the most incredible holiday, but I did struggle at points in that whole idea of like not having to do stuff all the time. And it took me a moment to settle into it, but that was such a needed break and kind of escape and realizing that the world is bigger. I think if anything that that year out taught me, it was there is life outside of university and that the world there is life outside of this like current world that you're living in. You could catch a flight across the like across the world and you're in a totally different it's totally different and there is so much there's so much out there that you don't realize I think that's what this year has taught me that there is so much out there yet that you haven't realized yet and at the beginning of the year I felt so isolated so alone so unsure of myself and I think that's the biggest thing that I'm going to take away is that this year was the year where I realized there is so much out there so many possibilities that you never need to feel trapped because you never are trapped. You are never stuck in anything. And I think that was really important for me going into October, November. I think looking back on those journal entries, I think, I think sometimes like, look, this is one from November. Sometimes it's so hard trying to block out the noise from those around you. Do I go with my gut or my heart? I feel overwhelmed, but also thriving. A lot to do, but I know I can do it. I feel like I'm sprinting again. Life is very busy, but I have to stay positive. Keep thinking I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I had a busier weekend, but I prioritize doing things and doing work and not having the day off. See, it's like life is getting harder. Life is getting more intense, but I know it's important. And because it sits well fundamentally with what I want to do, I know it's right. I think this was a big year in understanding my own opinion, understanding what I wanted to do and understanding who I was. The year before had been really hard. And I think I went into the year being like, what the fuck am I doing? Who even am I feeling so insecure? And I'm leaving it feeling like "Mm, I can do this. I'm okay on my own. I can do this. And I think there is a danger in the whole I'm okay on my own and thinking that I don't need anyone. And they're very different. It's not that I don't need anyone. It's just that fundamentally I am okay on my own. So worst case scenario never really is that bad. And I think this is the October, November, when uni was starting to hit, was starting to me question, like, how do I balance all of this together? How does this work? And I'm looking at these and like, I haven't done a journal entry since the beginning of end of November. What is it? It's like in 10 days. I definitely need to do it now. But this is the thing with journaling. I feel like I do it when I need it. And for the past 10 days, I've needed to sleep more than I've needed to do it. And that's okay. But yeah, I think I'm ending this year in a headspace where I value my own opinion and I value what I want to do more than I value what I think I should do. And I think that has been a really, that's been the most important lesson I could have learned of everything I wanted to leave this year. This year, I think knowing myself and believing in myself is the biggest thing I wish I could have learned. And I learned it. And I think hopefully from this episode, you've realised that I really came from ground zero. I was really, really struggling at the start. So if I can do it, so can you, because it was rough. It was so rough. But I came out of it, and I'm really proud of myself for coming out of it. But anyway, on to the questions. If you've got this far, I'm so sorry. I'm literally moving this close to my mouth. It probably sounds really weird now and distorted. But thank you for getting to this point. And quickly on to the questions for this week's episode. (laughs) 
So on to the questions for this week's podcast, which let me get them up very quickly, very quickly. I'm going to have to be super fast today because I've literally kept you guys on here for so long and I'm sorry. But anyway, here we go. Okay. What manifestations or dreams came true? I literally read them all out. But yeah, I I think the podcast becoming something bigger happened. Getting onto my dream course at university, saving up. I set this goal amount of money that I needed to save before I came to London. That happened. Um, I got my like dream internship. I got a really good supervisor. I'm managing to do well in my classes and like I'm enjoying my classes. I created a great friendship group. I moved into a great house. I experienced new culture and like traveled to another side of the world. I feel good in myself and I think ultimately that's the most important manifestation that came true that I feel really really good in who I am where I'm going what I want to do and I'm trusting in the process a lot more which I think I'm happy about I journal daily and was wondering what motivates you to keep track of your thoughts I think I like seeing the journey I like seeing the journey of where I'm at And I think in moments where I feel unmotivated, I look back at those moments where I was struggling and I think I got myself out of that and I can get myself out of this. And I find that very like comforting to know. And I think that's really important. I think I found it a really good reflective process. And I also think it's really important for me to clear my head at the end of the night. And I have noticed the past week when I haven't been doing it because I've been prioritizing sleep that I have felt a bit out of it. And so I'm going to get back to it this week. I've decided it's starting again. And that's the other thing. I think it's not feeling guilty because you haven't managed to do something all the time. It's just restarting whenever. How do you spend time in winter? It's dark outside. It's hard to be productive. (gasps) It's awful. It's so awful. I'm so terrible. I hate it. I hate it so much. But I think it's realizing that. So tomorrow morning, when you guys are all listening to the podcast, I am going to be going for a walk first thing and doing like those active outside things straight away because I know it when I would want to go for a walk, ideally it would be like around 3pm, but I know I can't go then because it'll be dark. So I try and like do my things that I want to do early on. And I think also it's allowing yourself to feel like you're going to want to watch films more in the evenings right now. In summer, you never do this. You go out all the time. You never just chill in your room or like, do you know what I mean? Like I do actually, that's a lie. But do you know what I mean? You're way more outdoors. So it's okay to be a bit more indoors this week. And it's about indulging in other types of things. Like I've read so much more this like winter than I normally have in summer. And I think it's been enjoying like other things. And I think hard to be productive, it really is. And I think it's accepting that it's not just you struggling to be productive. Everyone is struggling to be productive. So it's not a you thing. It's just a weather thing and it does get better. How to deal with being alone after a breakup and reinventing yourself. I think breakups are so hard because it makes you question so many things about yourself. But I think the most important thing to realise is that you're not on your own in it all and that everyone else is also reinventing their self after a breakup. Do you know what I mean? Like, the post-breakup reinvention is so real, otherwise there wouldn't be that many viral TikToks about it, you know? So it's so understanding to struggle with this concept of reinventing yourself. But I think finding it exciting, taking the pressure out of it and just finding it a really exciting, enjoyable experience is the most important thing. And realising that it's nothing to be scared of, it's nothing to feel pressure about, it's exciting. And just trying to find things about yourself that you really like. And I think this has been a, like a reinvention this entire year has been a reinvention for myself and I think I've enjoyed that process and I think also it's not rushing it it's taken me a year to get to this point and you will get there it just takes time and that's okay for it to take time because you're learning to love who you are and you're learning to love not that you didn't love yourself before but you're learning to love this new version of yourself and that's going to take time because you're getting to know yourself 
but there is beauty in getting to know yourself and that is an actual really positive experience and I think that's really important to note about I think that's really really important oh my god I nearly just set myself on fire I'm so stupid sometimes I'm so stupid sometimes um but anyway on to the very quick new things I've done this week because I'm aware of how long this podcast has been Okay, the only really new thing I've done this week that I really want to tell you all about is the book that I'm reading. You know, Storyteller by Dave Grohl. Incredible. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Please, everyone, read it. It's it was so well written. It's so great. I've loved it. I've loved every single part about it. And I really want you all to read it. I'm about to finish it. I've got to give it back on Tuesday because someone tried to extend my extension of it. Someone has requested it, which means I can't extend it anymore, which means I have to finish it by Tuesday. So please all read it so I can discuss it with you. I also went to a concert on Wednesday, Thursday, and it was emotional and I cried. It was Maverick Saber. Oh my God. Best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. It was incredible. And if you get the chance to go and see him live, please go see him live. It was, it was incredible. It was so great. And I've missed live music. So this is your sign to go and book some live music because I just haven't done it in ages. And I always forget to book tickets for things because they're always a little bit more expensive and like run a 30 quid range, but it's always so worth it. So worth it. But yeah, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail and school pod. And if you can give the podcast a little review, a little five stars, incredible and if you can sell share the podcast with literally one person that would make us have 600 of us and that would make my yearly goals come true so please please just share it with one person then then i will reach my goal all of my goals for this entire year and i will be a very 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 happy person thank you for listening and i'm sorry that this has been so long but i feel like it's been a big year and it needed recounting but anyway i hope you've had a lovely week and i'll speak to you again next week bye Hello, welcome to a traumatised episode of You've Got Mail because guys, I have just had the most traumatising 40 minutes of my entire life. So, I'm home alone at the moment. I am home alone. Home alone, properly home alone. Anna is in Amsterdam and Maisie is in Bristol. Bristol. Amsterdam and Bristol are not nearby. They are very far away. And so, I'm on my own. I'm coming back from work. I, you know, I just like doing my thing. I was doing my stator practical. I was like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. Then I'm like, oh, I'll do a bit of house chores. You know, I'll do some cleaning, clean the kitchen, put the rubbish out. And that's, that's where I fucked up because I put the rubbish outside and the door shut behind me and my front doors that, you know how you have them on conservatories? They're like doors that shut on their own. Well, this shut on its own. And all of a sudden, I go to open it, and I'm like, oh my god, it doesn't open. It doesn't open. We do not have a spare key hidden anywhere. Anywhere, okay? Anna's in Amsterdam, Maisie's in Bristol. I don't even have my phone on me. I don't have a bank card on me. I literally am in my Crocs and my fleece. My Crocs and fleece, people. This is what we are dealing with at the moment. And I was just stood there, and I was like, I've really fucked up. I really actually properly fucked up here. And then I try to put my hand through the, like, letterbox thing. No, obviously my hand can't fit. Nearly got my hand stuck in the door. Then I'm just panicking. And then I remember I have my Apple Watch on my wrist. Thank God for Apple Watches. I think I, I, I actually... I don't know what I'd have done if I hadn't have had my watch on me at this point. I think I would have had a small nervous breakdown and cry. I did cry, actually. I had a massive sob. I called Anna and I just burst into tears. And I was like, Anna, I don't know what I'm going to 
do? I was like, I'm going to be stuck out here forever. She's like, you have two options. You can stay at my friend's or you can like get a locksmith. And I was like, oh no. I was so stressed. I was so stressed. And then after calling my landlord 15 times and saying my message was so dramatic, it was like, I need urgent help, urgent help. I am locked out and no one can come and get me. And I urgently need you to reply. He just replied like on my way. And I was like, oh, and then he arrived and he let me back in. But that is not all the traumatizing things that have happened today. I had the biggest nosebleed of my life in the library. It wasn't a small dainty nosebleed. It was a full-on gushing. had to hold it in my hand, was dripping down my arm into my scarf. And I have just washed my scarf. So that pissed me off everywhere. And I was with the kids and it was just, it wasn't good. Although, although, how cute was this? Um, the little girl that rang nanny made me a Christmas card and it was like, to Bella, I'm so grateful. No, she didn't say I'm so grateful. She's only six. <laughs> I'm so grateful. No, she's like, dear Bella, thank you for being my nanny. I really am glad that you're my nanny. I really like you, which is good. Um, And she's like, I can't wait to see you next term. But for this year, but for now, happy Christmas. Thank you. And I was like, Amma, that is beautiful. That is so lovely. Um, And so, yeah, I got a Christmas card from them and that was a cute thing. And other news. Also, I got a refund on my travel card today. And I got £100, which is how much a travel card costs. So I don't know why I'm acting so surprised, but like that is incredible. I did a tarot card reading at the beginning of the week on Sunday night. I don't normally do them, but I'm getting into it. I thought I'd try it. And do you know what I got this month? This week, I got like the king of... I can't remember it now. Let, let me... I wrote this all down. I'll tell you which one I got, actually, very specifically. I got... I got, I got, I got... The King of Pentacles, which means confident at successfully attracting wealth, you will translate your vision into something successful and often lucrative. And look what I got today. I got £100 from that. I got a thank you card, which is equally lucrative in wholesomeness. And I got... I feel like I got more money this week. I got a tax rebate, which I... This is a tip that I didn't know about. You're not allowed, you're not meant to spend your tax rebate. So the the tax rebate happens if you get, because I think I was on salary for a mere four months and then my internship ended. So I stopped being on salary, but I think I got taxed too much when I was on that because they thought I'd be earning that month, that much for an entire year when I was like, lol, no guys, I'm back to being a poor uni student now. Um, so I got a tax rebate and that was incredible. Um, so this is the week of attracting good things into my life it's going well I think I'm doing okay with living at home on my own I am okay I think this has made me realize that I am like I beforehand I used to be really scared about being on my own in a house or like being really scared about being on my own just on my own whereas now I'm very comfortable with it which has made me feel more positive about like moving on to when I eventually have my own place that's made me feel better about it so that's been good I think I think I have, I don't know, I think I've been good this past week. The only issue is when I am on my own, I really struggle to make boundaries because when there's no one else here, I will just work and work and work and do productive things until, like, really late. Oh, sorry, I don't know what that was. Um, But life update for this week, sorry, I kind of just went straight in with the fact that I got locked out and have just been very traumatised for the past 50 minutes. I'm now currently lying in bed with a hot water bottle and I've got a headache and I've had stressed nosebleeds today and I'm just 
Guys, I am stressed right now. If any of you know how to use Stata, then get in touch. Please get in touch because I need your help so badly, so badly. But no, on to today's life update. Let me think about what's happened since I recorded the last podcast episode two days ago. Literally, fuck all. I have not done a lot. I'm not gonna lie. It snowed on Sunday. It snowed a lot, like thick snow. And so Monday, I made the executive decision that I would be staying at home. And that was lovely. Sometimes you just need to stay at home. Sometimes you just need to have, you know, a working from home day. And so I did that and then today is Tuesday and I had work tomorrow I am we're going to go to winter wonderland but I don't think we're going to do that anymore which is good because I need to save money and I still haven't bought any Christmas presents oh my god I'm leaving this really last minute I might do a bit of online shopping later on maybe I should do a gift giving guide oh my god I don't know maybe I could just give everyone you've got mail merch <laughs> it's like silent advertising <laughs> No, I'm not sure how my dad would feel about a tote bag that says you've got a mail on it. Maybe he'd love it. You never know. You never want to underestimate these things. Sometimes dad's like the weirdest presence, although I don't think he would like that, to be fair. Um, But this week is an exciting week. Oh, I'm going to turn this off. I'm so sorry. Um, I This week is an exciting week because... I am finishing uni on Friday, which is good. It's a little bit scary, but it is also quite exciting that we're getting to the end of this seat modules because it's been really hard to balance completing all my modules whilst also having uni. And so it'll be nice to just be able to like properly focus on everything. And tomorrow I'm going into uni and we're like spending time with some friends, like going through the analysis of this practical that we've done. So I feel better about that. And then on, I have two essays to do and I have, what else do I have to do? I have an exam. You will not hear from me after New Year's Day. I will be in isolation study mode because I have an exam on the 4th of January. Who puts an exam on the 4th of January? What is wrong with people? It's absolutely disgusting that you'd even think about doing that. But this weekend, Louis coming and we're going to go to the new print works venue and we're going to go see the Martinez Brothers and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is why I have to record the podcast now because I have learned from experience. I cannot record hungover. I can't do it. I have nothing to say to you all. I sit there and I just stare at the microphone and I hate myself. I'm just there like, why do I even have a podcast? I have nothing interesting to say to people. I'm basically alone in my thoughts of emptiness. I'm so dramatic that it's just not a vibe. So that's why we don't record a hungover podcast anymore. That's not what we do. But I think it's going to be an exciting weekend. And then we go home on Monday and I'm going home and I'm so excited. I'm going to go see my dog and my grandparents and I'm going to go running. And these are the top things I want to do when I'm home. I want to go for a run. I want to see my dog. I'm literally just repeating what I just said. I want to see my grandparents. I want to go to the pub and pay a mere, you know, I would be content to pay £4 for a pint. I wouldn't even think that's expensive. If I had to pay £4 for a pint, I'd think, God, let's have three. Because that, right now, I paid on last Thursday when I went to Maverick Sabre. I thought it was a great deal. I thought it was a great deal, so much so that I showed off to my mum and my nana. And I was like, guess how much I paid for a large glass of wine at Coco? They're like, how much did you pay? And I was like, £12. They were like, what? You paid £12. And I was like, yeah, isn't that like... Isn't that a great deal? Like, are you not as impressed as I am? And they were like, no, Bella, that's a rip-off. And I was like, oh, whoopsie-daisy, never mind. So honestly, I'll take anything at this point. I'll take anything that's a bit cheaper than that. 
but I am so excited to see everyone and I'm excited for a bit of a change of scenery because then when I come back to London I'll feel really really like refreshed and good about it all it's just intense it's like I can't believe I'm a third of the way through the masters I'm a third of the way guys I'm halfway I'm halfway through the modules that's terrifying it's very exciting but it's also weird when you only have a one-year course it's a weird kind of, you, it just goes so fast. It goes so, like, as soon as you feel like you're settling in, like, now I feel like I'm settled, it's change again, and then it's change again, then it's change again. But I am very content with how my life is at the moment. I feel very happy with the people that I'm making friends with and just how everything's going. I feel good about it all. So that's a relief because there was a worry about doing a master's, whether it would have all have worked out. Would I even have liked it? Like, would this have been, because it's a big investment. Like I had to save up a lot of money to come here, like a ridiculous amount of money, which like I didn't realize not to go into it, but like I had to save up a lot of money and it is slowly dwindling. But that is okay because I'm spending it on living in London and that is like what I want to do right now. But it's crazy what other experiences I could have used that money from. I don't like thinking about that, especially when I have just cried because I got locked out of the house. (laughs) That's not what we need to think about right now. But it is crazy. I'm seeing it as an investment in my future though. I'm not, it's not that I'm seeing it. It is an investment in my future. Also, I think I might have found a summer project that I want to do. But I'm keeping it top secret until everything's definite, but... I think I might have found something, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm meeting this lady tomorrow and she works in humanitarian settings in cholera. Um, so that'll be really interesting and I can't, I'm like really excited to talk to her about her research. I need to research her tomorrow morning actually. I'd forgotten about that. Um, but yeah, life is good this week. You are meeting me on a good week. I feel like very calm. Oh, This should probably go in the new things I've done this week, but I'm so sorry. I've just been rambling for like 12 minutes about my trail of thoughts. But if you can't tell, I've been on my own a lot today. (laughs) Um, But um, what was I going to say? I bought Calm. It's 20 quid. If you want to buy it, don't buy it and just like message me on Instagram because I have a referral code that will get you discount. It will get me discount. Like, please use it if you can. And... It's called Calm. Like, you should probably all know about it. My fro- housemate told me to buy it. And I was just like, no, I don't need it. And then all of a sudden I decided very, very... I got a free pass and just instantly I was like, I'm going to pay for this. It was only 20 quid. I say only. But for a year-long subscription, I don't think 20 quid's bad. I have had the best night's sleeps I've ever had. Apart from last night, because I listened to a story that I didn't like. I re- I thought I could listen to any bedtime story. No. No, I can't. I listened to this one last night about snowy foxes and it was shit and I was just actually listening so I was kind of intrigued about what was going to go on so every time I'd start falling asleep I'd be like mm, what's going to happen next though I need something where I'm not that bothered about I have not made it through the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yet or it's called like Charlie and the Dream Factory I have never got all the way through that I've never got further than 10 minutes um so that is my current favorite one for when I'm trying to fall asleep that's the best one I think So we should probably get onto the topic of this week's podcast, which is going to be about going home and that transition into going home and what going home can mean to you. Because I recorded a video about it and it's something that's very close to my heart, this idea of moving home. like The feelings that are brought up when you realise that you are going home and how that can make you feel. But anyway, on to this week's topic. So today we are talking about moving home and what that can bring up in a lot of people. And I want to like prephrase this by saying me... Me and my hometown have 
we don't have a love-hate relationship. We have... A, so for a while, I never really felt like it was... I felt like it was home, but I didn't really have anything there that made me feel like... Like, it felt home in the sense that I had my family there and I had, like... Like, I really just had my family there, but I didn't have a massive friendship group in Scarborough. Like, I didn't really know many people in my hometown. So it more didn't feel like, you know, those people and they go back and they have, like, massive trips to the pub with their home friendship group and it's, like, a massive, like, social experience as well for them. For me, it was never really like that going home. And then the pandemic hit. And I think that, right, backtracking, I think that was because my school wasn't where I lived, so none of my friends lived where I lived. Um... And I also like lived really far away from everyone else. So it just meant that I didn't really have that social aspect, which meant that Scarborough to me wasn't, I don't know, I didn't love it. I really didn't love it. I felt I felt out of place. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. I felt really out of place because I didn't feel like it was somewhere that I belonged because I didn't really know anyone there. I, I always felt like I was on the outskirts, like kind of looking in. Like I was like an anonymous person in Scarborough. And I still am, not going to lie, guys. Like I am still an anonymous person. But then like the lockdown hit and I started to make more friends in my hometown and like I became friends with like a lot more people there and my perception of Scarborough changed drastically because now all of a sudden I was realizing how good all of the good parts were of it you know like I was starting to realize how important and how beautiful and how many things there were to do and these were all things I'd never really been aware of before because I'd always just focused on kind of like what I didn't have there But I never really, despite all of these things, like I never really, there wasn't a solid reason the coming years why I didn't really like going home. Like there wasn't like a solid reason because now I had this friendship group that was there and I always thought it was that. I always thought it was because I didn't really know many people there and I felt on the outskirts. And then as the years progressed, I realised this was mainly during the second lockdown type period of time. I realised that I still didn't love going home and it wasn't because I didn't have a good relationship with my family. It wasn't because I didn't love seeing like my boyfriend and seeing my friends. Like it was nothing to do with that. I still had a slight uncomfortable feeling around going back to Scarborough itself as a place. Like it was nothing to do with the people and it was everything to do with the place that it was. And I didn't really know why. And I'd kind of always had this feeling of feeling like I didn't really want to go there. And I had the same feeling when I went to... When I went to the town that me and my ex like kind of like grew up in together, like because he lived there and I didn't live there. So kind of like all my memories of this one place are associated with him there. And I went back there with Louis, like, I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago. I don't remember why we went. Oh, we were going for some food or something. I don't know. I can't remember. We went anyway. And I spent the entire time just feeling really, really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And now that town is like off limits for me. And it's not because I'm scared of bumping into anyone. It's not because I don't want to see anyone there. It's genuinely because I just feel so uncomfortable in that town. I feel so uncomfortable that it makes me feel sick. Like, I'm walking around and I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I don't belong here. I don't, I don't, I just don't want to be here anymore. And it's taken me a while. It took me until reading the last page of this book. If you've watched my TikTok video on this, then you'll know what book I'm talking about. But you guys know how I was reading Case Study by Graham McCratt. Um, and it's a study, it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it, it's really good, trigger warning, it talks about mental health and suicide, um, so just letting you know about that, but, um, the book itself talks about kind of just dealing with the human psyche, and I can't describe it very well, I feel like you just need to google it, because it's quite like, it's a very unique book, because it's told through different ways, so like, there's, 
it's about this woman's experiences of this therapist and she thinks that the therapist convinced her sister to kill herself and so she becomes a patient of the therapist and documents her experiences as kind of like proof that this is how this therapist works and he pushes people to do these things but it's told through so the diaries that you're reading are her own diaries like this woman kept diaries and you're reading them and it's intercepted with so the author writes like kind of like an autobiography tells the life of the therapist that you're reading about so you find out more and more about the therapist as you're reading these diaries that follow her kind of narrative with this um therapist and it's a really really brilliant book would definitely recommend reading it. it's really interesting i haven't read a book like that before and it was really good but on the last page of the book this is going to distort the sound i am sorry i just need to there we go. Um, on the last page of the book, it kind of said something that made me like, I was like, this is it. This is the reason why I don't like going home. This has been the thing that I've struggled to put into words for so long. And so here we go. Um, this is taken from, although this is taken from the last page of the book, it doesn't actually spoil any of the book for you. Um, and it's taken from Braithwaite's final, um, it's fi- his final book that he wrote. And it says, it's from, so it's from his book, Myself and Other Strangers, which is the final book he read. And it, the end of that book that he wrote ends with, I had spent my entire life hating Darlington. <clears throat> I hated the red brick terraces. I hated the cobbled lanes and the stinking pubs. I hated the toffs of Cockerton and the vulgar mob of workers streaming outside Paytons and Baldwins. I hated the munificent Joseph Peace looking down from his plinth on High Row. I hated the chummy nickname Darlow. Darlow was not my friend. Darlow was my enemy. It is only now, in returning here, that I understand that my hatred of Darlington was misplaced. Darlington is no better or worse than anywhere else. I hated Darlington only because it is where I come from. It is not Darlington I hate, but myself. It is myself from which I have tried and failed to escape. And I think this is it. This is why I find it so hard to return back to that town, and this is why I struggled for so long to return back to my hometown. Because the versions of me that I was there are versions of me that I'm not anymore. And I find it really hard to see, to kind of see these two. I find, I just find it really hard to comprehend myself in these new situations because I've grown so much. I find it so hard to comprehend this new version of me when past versions of me spent so much time. And I think my hometown kind of, that's why going through the breakup at home and going through lockdown was such a fundamental kind of like cornerstone experience in changing my perception of where I lived because all of a sudden I was changing my hometown from this place where I didn't really feel like I didn't belong I didn't really feel welcome there I didn't really feel like it was like I don't know not welcome that's like it was nothing than anyone else I just didn't know that many people there like I didn't feel that connected to it as a place and now I'd kind of I'd fallen in love with it on my own I'd fallen in love with different parts of it. I'd created new memories there. I'd kind of fallen in love with myself whilst I was there. And it made my hometown take on a whole new meaning. No longer was it this place that I didn't really feel like I belonged. No longer was it this place that I didn't feel like I was part of. I made it into something for me that was a foundation for so many aspects of my life. Like that year, when I went through that breakup, that was hands down the most influential year I think I've ever had in my entire life. I think that was the year where everything changed. Everything changed. That was the year so many seeds were planted that are kind of like flourishing now that I would never have dreamed of if I hadn't have gone through that. Like, who knows what path I'd have been on, guys? Like, who knows? I wouldn't have had the podcast. 
no way would I have had the podcast. I don't, honestly, I don't know where I'd have been. And I think it's interesting that it's not, it's not the place itself, it's the version of you that you hate when you're there. And I think this definitely goes for that town where I spent a lot of time with my exes that I don't feel, in that town, I didn't like who I was then. I didn't like that period of my life. I don't like that period of my life. And when I go back to these places, it makes me feel really, really overwhelmed and kind of just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I back here? It makes me feel a bit sick because I don't really want to be back there and I'm not sure why I am back there. And it makes me question a lot of things about myself. And when I do go back there, when I'm removed from these places, so when I am removed, I feel like I've changed so much and I feel like so many things in my life have changed. I feel so different and I feel like a completely different person. But you could place me right back into that town and I'm like, nothing has changed. I'm the exact same person as I was before. Nothing has changed. And the overwhelming anxiety it gives me is ridiculous. I think that's the thing. That's why I get so anxious in these places. That's why I feel so overwhelmed because I just... I think that I haven't changed. I think these things I've worked so hard to grow on aren't true anymore because I go back there and I feel the same. And it's really hard to comprehend, but it's really important to realise that when you go back to these places, you are not that person anymore. And I think as we go into the Christmas period, so many of us are returning home and it can be really tricky to be returning to these places which we associate with versions of ourselves that aren't us anymore, with versions of ourselves that don't align with who we are now currently. And this is why it's really important that you realise that just because you're going back to a place where you're a version of you that you don't love, you're a version of you that you don't associate with anymore, you're a version of you that... When I say a version of you that you don't love, I mean, not that you don't like yourself, but like, you don't like that version of you when you were then. You prefer yourself now. Just because you're going back to that place doesn't mean you are returning to that version of you that you've tried so hard to grow from. Because this is the thing that put me off going home for so long. Because I didn't want to go back there because I felt like I was taking a step back. It was almost like I needed to shut the door completely to think that I would have to change. But in reality... What I've slowly come to realise is by ignoring the issue, by never by never going back to these places that had a massive impact on us, but we don't feel comfortable anymore. It's almost like, like I feel like when I'm this new version of myself that I've worked so hard on and I've done so many different things and I've tried so hard to become this person that I'm really, really proud of. By going back into these places of my life, these chapters of my life and revisiting them when I feel so much better, it's almost like ending them and being like, that is over now. Like, I feel like in a weird way, I was avoiding visiting these places and I was avoiding going home and I was avoiding it because I just didn't like the version of myself when I was there. And I was like, I don't even want to be reminded of it anymore. But by revisiting these places in your new headspace, in your new frame of mind, it can be really, really healing because it starts to kind of close that chapter it closes the door because it's kind of like a full circle moment of you left it so unhappy and now you're re-entering it and you're in such a better headspace and you kind of reflect on everything that happened and it just feels like a kind of, this is it. And it's okay to feel anxious whilst you're there. It's okay to not enjoy it. You don't have to stay for ages, but just even just thinking about it, even just thinking about going back to these places, even just playing the scenario around in your head. I don't want to go to that town anymore. I don't want to go back there. It makes me feel really anxious and I didn't enjoy the experience. But facing my fears of going to that place is important. 
and I know it's important and I know it's important because it makes me realize how much has changed in my life and it really does highlight to you how much you have grown and it makes you realize that your worst fears this worst fear that you are never going to be this new person again that you're going to go back to all those places that you were before that it's going to be like a really like kind of backwards experience you realize they don't come true and it's also kind of now when I look back on it and I'm thinking that when I'm thinking of that place, I'm no longer thinking of the me that was there when I was so upset. I'm no longer thinking of the me that I don't like. I'm thinking of the me that revisited it with Louis. And I was so much happier then. And in a way, that was a very healing experience. So I think I think the point of this podcast episode really is to make you realise that going home can be really hard. And going back to these places that we associate with our childhood selves can be really, really triggering in the way that it can make you feel like you've not you it it can make you feel like you've not grown at all it can make you feel like a thousand billion trillion steps in the wrong direction but just because you're revisiting a part of your life like just because you're revisiting a place that played such a big part of your life when you were so much younger doesn't diminish everything you have done since you left it doesn't make it so that everything you've worked so hard on just evaporates just like that when you go back there you are still going to be the same person i promise I promise you are. And it feels so overwhelming at some point. And it makes you kind of face your fears of going there and realizing that nothing has changed. And it's hard when you go back because in some senses, nothing has changed. You stay in the same bedroom. You see the same people. You see the same people doing the same things. You see the same pubs open. Everything stays very constant. And I think it's hard, especially because this period of our life is moving so fast. But for other people's generation, like for other people's periods of their lives, it's moving slower. And it can make you feel like all of a sudden life is stopping and slowing down but it's just different and there's beauty in that difference there's a beauty in that calming down there's a beauty in not running so fast this is why I think going home and having that break and having that changing of time periods is so important because I know when I've been in London I've been running at a thousand billion trillion miles an hour and it's been great and I've loved every second of it But having these few days on my own has made me realise how much work I am doing at the moment and how much studying and how much trying to fit everything in and cram everything. Like I'm literally recording this podcast at 10 to 11 on a Tuesday night because I know I have such a busy week coming up. But this is why it's important to go back to these places where we do feel calmer, where we do feel slower, where the time frame is different. And it doesn't mean you're going back. It doesn't mean you're going back in time. You will still be you when you go there. And I think it's really important to try and rephrase those things that you don't really want to do because you're scared about going back to these places because they remind you of a version of yourself that you don't really like is to try and see it like a full circle moment. Try and see it like the end of a chapter. Try and see that every time you go back, you're healing that part of yourself that was so hurt then. Because by facing up to these things, sometimes I do this thing. Maybe this is weird. I'm going to share it anyway. I do this thing where I think about things that make me really sad. Not in like a... I think about like, I don't know, not like a weird, like maybe it is weird. I don't know. Like I think about things or situations that make me like that I have a lot of anxiety from and I'll think about it and I'll feel that anxiety almost like give myself exposure therapy. I think about it and I feel that anxiety and I just kind of think about why do I feel that anxiety? What about that situation is making me feel anxious And the more and more I do it, the less and less anxious about a situation I have. Like, I find that that method works really well. If I've ever embarrassed myself, I feel like I've been really cringe or like I've done something and I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Like I want to crawl on the ball and die. I make myself think about it. 
And slowly and slowly and slowly, I realised it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. And the feeling of being that embarrassed, anxious mess doesn't consume me anymore. And I think that's something that I would recommend for doing something. That's how I would try and like frame this experience that you're going to do right now. You're going home. You associate being home with a version of yourself that you don't love or that you don't have a lot of compassion for. Uh, Maybe that's the wrong words. A version of yourself that you don't associate with anymore. I think that's the best way of phrasing it because it doesn't always mean negative things. It can just mean that you don't really relate to them anymore. They're not who you are anymore. But by going back to those versions of ourselves that we were, by revisiting these places that we once were, we get to know that versions of ourselves that we kind of left behind. And I think when you come back to these places with a fresh set of eyes, with a fresh headspace, and you go back to who you were then, you can really reflect on who you were and why you were that way. You can gain a clearer understanding of the feelings that you had and the relationships that you had and the worries that you had and just your mindset as a whole. And I think revisiting, that's why revisiting and going home or not necessarily home, but revisiting these places that we associate with versions of ourselves that we have outgrown is so important. Because it lets you have that clarity about a situation that could dominate your headspace, which really doesn't need to. It gives you that breathing room to see what actually happened. Why did I feel that certain way? What was going on in my head when I was here? And I think if you can try and frame these times where like, returning back to that town made me feel sick. But I'm reframing it into thinking, no, you know what? I was really struggling here. And I have compassion for myself for feeling anxious about going there because I think in my head that I'm placing myself in a place of danger. But I'm not in danger anymore. I am okay. I'm enough. I'm worthy. I've healed. I am good enough. And when you return back to it and you feel that inner child feeling so anxious and feeling so worried, you can soothe them with the logical kind of argument that you now have because you've grown so much that you know what the logical argument is. And then all of a sudden your anxiety about being in that place doesn't exist anymore. It might not go away straight away, it might not go away overnight, but eventually, the more and more you revisit this thought process, that'll be what becomes kind of the dominant thought process in your head. No longer will your mind kind of jump to this anxiety-induced panic, but it will realise that that's the thought process that you want to have, that's the thought process that is true, that's the thought process that is logical, it'll become habitual. And that's why I think returning home, returning to these versions of ourselves that we tried so hard to outgrow is so important because it's by returning to these places, returning to these people that you heal that version of you that has left a little bit of scarring. And I think it's important. So anyway, on to your questions from this week's podcast. I have never been more grateful that I pre-recorded the podcast because two days later I've been hit with some awful, terrible flu blog. Flu blog? My head is so sore oh my god I forgot I've got Vaseline all over my face because I've got dry skin god I am not thriving right now guys I'm really not thriving but so I put a question oh my god (laughs) sorry right so I put a question box on my Instagram story and then I was so like oh my god no one's asked me anything this never happens I was really sad about it and then I got a message from one of you guys being like your question box isn't working and then I put one up and you all asked questions and I felt so much better about life because I was so upset I was like oh no one listens to the podcast anymore why do I even ask these things maybe I should just stop with the question time thing and it's actually ended up working out very well okay so I haven't actually looked at any of these questions sometimes I look beforehand I haven't looked at any and we've got quite a lot this time so we're just going to do as many as I can before I think my voice is going to die I've literally I know we're not meant to do a life update at this point but 
I've woken up and I had a lecture at half nine and I just haven't gone because I've just done work in my bed and I have to write a stats report. Progress though, from when I was crying about stator last time, I've now written the report. It is two pages too long, but I'm going to cut. I need to cut half of it out, but that's okay. We're not stressed about that at all. We're not stressing anymore. Okay. First question. How do you balance friends in your relationship? So I find this relatively easy because um, I'm long distance. So when I'm at home, like when I'm in London, I'm just me really. And when I'm then with my boyfriend, I'm kind of just seeing him. But um, actually, I say I find this relatively easy. I find it easier because we are long distance, which means we have that separation between each other, which means that kind of like I do have my own friends here and he has his own friends there. But what I've also found with balancing friends in my relationship is that my friends in London, like my housemates, get along really, really, really well with my boyfriend. And I've made it so that we've really like, like we haven't done loads and loads of stuff on our own. We've always done things together. So when he comes, like we all make breakfast together or we'll all go to the pub together. We'll all drink together. Like we'll all do events together and like things. And I think that's made it so that when he does come up, it doesn't feel like I'm fully away from him from like a full weekend because we'll all do things together that entire week. Like he's coming up this weekend and he's coming up early and I'm not home and he's just going to hang out with my housemates until I get back. And it's really nice that everything's got that comfortable between us all now because it just makes it so much easier. And I think it makes it so much easier to balance your friends with your relationship when you integrate the two. I think that's really how you balance it is the when I'm at home, like obviously I have my best mate at home and as soon as I started getting with Louis, um, getting with sounds so like childish, like as soon as we started dating, I introduced them both because I was like, well, like I want you to know, like I want you to meet my friends. I want my friends to like you. If my friends don't like you, I'm not gonna, like, do you know what I mean? My friend's opinion of you really matters to me. Um, and now they're like best mates. Like they have their own little friendship like removed from me like they'll text and like do you know what I mean so I think that's the best way to balance it is to integrate it all so it never feels like you're doing one without the other and I think also prioritizing one-on-one time is important so I'll make sure that I'll go like like obviously when I'm in the house on my own it's a bit different but at home is a good example because we're not long distance anymore at home but I'll make sure that I'll do stuff with just my friends one day a week and then like make sure that we do things all together and then spend time with my boyfriend as well. I think that's the thing. That's how you balance it is doing one-on-one a bit, but also having it all together because it's really, really fun, really fun. And also having clear communication. Like I know if my mates, if they felt like I wasn't seeing a lot of them, they could just tell me and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I would feel, they would feel comfortable enough to tell me because I would feel comfortable enough. I would feel comfortable enough to tell them. So I think that's really important. Having clear communication with your friends, but also integrating it all together. Like, I find it weird when people are like, my friends have never met my boyfriend. Like, why? They're meant to be your best mates all together or don't you want them all to meet? I want them all to meet anyway. Best tips to maintain discipline within your daily routine and life in general. I really... So, (laughs) I think it's working out what works for you. And also, I think discipline... Like, sometimes you can't have it to the same standard all the time. For example, this week, working out-wise... I have felt so cold and ill when I've woken up that I've been like, I can't get out of bed and do a workout now. But by the time it gets to 12, I can. And so I've kind of changed my routine to fit my mental state right now or like my headspace right now. And my headspace right now is ill and feeling sorry for myself. So I'll do work all morning, get out of bed around 12, do a workout and then get dressed. And I think that's still being disciplined because I'm still doing the things I need to do, but I'm just manipulating my routine to fit my mindset right now. And I think sometimes we get 
like caught in the trap that we think we can't change our routine the routine has to stay the same every single day and if you break from that routine then it breaks from the discipline then you're not doing it as well like I still woke up early today I was up by eight and I was working by half eight but I just worked from bed because I knew that I'd get more done working from bed and that's been important for me do you have any practical tips for someone who struggles to get out of hometown struggles to get out in one minute let me read this again do you have any practical tips for someone who struggles to go out in their hometown fear of judgment I think realizing that no one thinks about you as much as you think they think about you like you are only the center of your own world everyone else has so much shit going on that they're really not thinking about you as much as you think they are thinking about you and if they are thinking about you it's literally for the briefest period of time you can ever imagine I think going out in your hometown for fear of judgment, like avoiding going out is silly because no one knows who you are. Do you know what I mean? You cannot tell me that every single person in your town knows who you are. And, a gen- and what would they judge you for, for being outside? Do you know what I mean? I think you've really got to question why are you scared of feeling judged for going outside? I think that is the practical tips of like question like why why am I feeling like this and logically reasoning with yourself that you don't need to feel that way and I felt like it before I'm not saying that it's like it's not a silly way to feel because it's a valid way of feeling I felt it before but you've really got to be strong in questioning why you feel that certain way and trying to make it so that your brain realizes that you're listening with your emotions not with your head. Your head is the logical side of you and your emotions are telling you that you need to be anxious about this experience, that it's going to be really terrible and you're going to get, like, everyone's going to judge you and everything. But then you have to logically argue against that and realise, like, reason to yourself that I am not the centre of everyone else's world. Everyone has so much other stuff going on. I'm literally just a blip. Literally just a blip. It's really, like, you are not, not saying you're not important, but you are not as important to these random strangers as you think you are. And that really helped me kind of reason with the fear of judgment thing and also I think doing little things and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone for practical tips if you are finding it really hard and you are finding the social anxiety really bad I tend to found like doing little state like little baby steps and so I would start by going out for coffee on my own and then I'd go out for lunch on my own and then I'd go out for lunch and shopping on my own and then I might go out for dinner on my own and then I might go out for like a full day on my own do you know what I mean it's like building up this idea in your head of what being alone is like from doing these little baby steps and the more you have these little baby step kind of like narratives the more you are able to reason the logical side of your head that no one is judging you you'll go out for coffee you'll realize nothing happened nothing happened you literally went for a coffee and you came back and you didn't get thousands of messages being like how dare you go out for coffee how could you do this you won't get that And then as soon as you won't get that, the next time you want to go out for coffee and you're feeling scared of being judged for going out for coffee, you'll remember that you didn't get judged last time, so you won't get judged this time and you'll go out again. And it will all just constantly reaffirm this thought process in your head that you will not get judged for going in your hometown, like going outside. I think hometowns can be really small and they can feel very claustrophobic and they can feel like everyone's looking at you and everyone's judging you because there's not like as infinite as many people as there are in cities and cities you are basically anonymous because there are so many people. But you have also got to remember that despite there not being as many people, there is still a lot of people and everyone has as much going on in their life as you have going on in your life. If you think about how much you judge other people, like you barely think about them. You barely think about them. So I think that's it. You've got to be really logical in your thought process of it. Why don't you write down 
I might do an episode on this because I feel like I have quite a lot to say. I've been talking about this for a while. But when you are getting yourself into this like negative mindset about it, sit down with a piece of paper and write down the situation and write down the logical response to it. So I am scared of going outside. Why are you scared of going outside? I'm scared of going outside because I'm scared of being judged. Why do you think you're going to be judged? List the reasons why you think you're going to be judged. And with each of them, draw an arrow from it and write a logical reason as to why you think this will happen. And I'm pretty sure you'll realise that this won't happen. Because you'll realise, like, oh, they'll judge me for the clothes that I'm wearing. And then write the logical argument as to why they won't. Because you're not the only person outside wearing clothes. Do you know what I mean? Because you are not the only person going outside in your hometown. Because everyone else has other shit going on in their lives. Do you know what I mean? You'll start to realise that these worries that you have are not dominating other people's lives. They're only dominating yours. So it's, it's silly to let it control you. How do you stop overthinking things you have said? I think this links quite nicely to the one I've just said, is realising that... But I really struggle with it. Like, I really struggle with overthinking massively. I said something the other day and it honestly tore me up for, like, days. But I think, first things first, if you've said something and you think you've offended someone, just apologise. I think if you're overthinking, you're like, I'm really worried that I've really offended them, just apologise. Just send them a message saying, look, I'm really sorry if I said something out of line. I didn't mean to offend you. Um, Oh, sorry. I really need to remember to turn this off. But kind of realising that you can say sorry and they can then tell you whether you have offended them or not and if you have offended them then you can sort it if you haven't offended them then you're fine and that can be a really good way of stopping overthinking it's just sometimes I think overthinking can run away with itself and so I think it's important to sometimes just nip it in the bud and just ask have I offended you if they say yes then you can sort it if they say no then you don't need to sort it also just having conversations with people or writing it down I think overthinking is again you're really needing to logically reason with that voice inside your head that tells you that you are needing to worry and that what's going on is terrible and that you've said a terrible thing but by writing out what you said and writing out the logical reason as to would that offend someone are they still going to be thinking about it then you can kind of argue it in your head a bit as well. And I think that's important. What are you planning on doing after your master's? Hmm, I don't know. I dream situation. I want to travel again in September. I want to go to India or Nepal. Um, but I really want to travel again for a month in September. And then I want to... So I'll finish in August, travel for a month in September, start working again October. Um... And I think I want to work in London. I think I'll stay here for another year or at least another like period of time because I think I'll make so many connections at uni that hopefully I'll get a job through those connections and then hopefully I'll do something like that. But honestly, after that, I don't really know. I think I can see... I'd really like to live in London for a year just working to be able to have money to do the nice things, to be able to have evenings free, to be able to like experience London on a wage because experiencing it as a student is great, but like you're very limited in what you were able to do because obviously like financially you don't have an income and like studying wise, I'm spending a lot of time studying. (coughs) And so I think that's what I'd really like to do. I think what I get a job in, I don't know. I'm really interested in the effect of climate change on infectious diseases and how the altering of the climate is going to affect it, like affect the spread of diseases. I'm really interested in that. So maybe something in that, you never know. I would like to go into that field. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And then hopefully if the podcast comes into something, that would be really cool. I would like maybe you've got mail to be big by next year. Maybe, maybe it could be. I think it could be. Like, I'd like it to be significant. It is significant now, but like ultra significant. I have all these goals in my head of, where I want it to be and like how many people I want listening and how many followers and like kind of like standing on its own and I would like to have achieved all those goals by this time next year that would be the dream I think I think yeah
Okay, sorry, if you can hear me tapping, it's because the screen keeps locking. Um, what, are some of the thing, what are some of the best things you've done for your mental health? I think this also links to the previous question about routine and discipline, is for my mental health, realising that my life doesn't have to be a routine. Realising that what is going to benefit me more. Benefiting me more today has been staying in bed and doing a workout later on, and that is what's benefited me. I think the things that have helped me most with my mental health is having those quieter kind of periods where I listen to how I'm feeling sometimes I can go on robot mode and I can think I need to do all these things and I can feel really overwhelmed with it and that is where my mental health gets really really bad it's because I get so overwhelmed with everything that's going on and I find that really really tricky and so I think this is what makes my head feel better is that when I listen to how I'm feeling and prioritize how I'm feeling so then I feel better so then it doesn't last for as long I've also found reading to be a really good thing to help me switch off I journal every night before I go to bed which helps me clear my head and I downloaded Calm and that's been really helping me get to sleep recently because I really struggle with sleeping. I find myself scrolling for hours and hours and I find myself thinking about so many different things and I find myself like planning podcast episodes and planning essays and it gets really overwhelming and so Calm has been a really good addition to that kind of nighttime routine of I know once the story goes on I'm listening to that and I'm falling asleep and that's been a really good addition because you don't realise how important sleep is for your mental health it's when you sleep that your brain clears itself of all of the toxic chemicals, all of the toxic... It, it's how it processes emotions. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not processing your emotions, which means you're waking up still feeling kind of in that man, mental health anxiety state. And so sleep has been a really important thing for me to prioritise and having a better sleeping routine has helped me do that. Um, what other questions were there? Being confident around people who intimidate you. I think... When people intimidate me or when I feel like a bit on edge around them, then I just start to think of like all the things that I've done and why I think I'm a good person and like the things that I've achieved and the things that I'm proud of. And I try and like recenter myself and thinking like, I don't need to be intimidated by you. It's great that you've got this powerful character. It's great that you're so confident. It's great that you've got all of these these things going on. But that doesn't make me any less, like, any more insignificant. Do you know any more? That was a weird way of wording it. That doesn't make my achievements insignificant. Like, I am also, I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud of what I've done. And I think it's making these people not dim your light anymore. It's acknowledging their presence and kind of seeing them for all that they are, but then also realising that I kind of imagine it sometimes like I have a bubble around me and that... They can't get inside my bubble. Like, my bubble is still me. Like, I am always me with them there, without me there. And I try and, like, remember how I am when I'm feeling my most confident, best self and realise that that person is still me. That regardless of the people around me, I will always still remain true to myself and remain proud of what I've done and I won't let other people intimidate me in that way and that's been helpful as kind of like visualizing like an almost bubble of thick like around myself that people can't penetrate like no matter what you say no matter what you do no matter what you work you've done no matter what career path you've had I will be really interested I'll be really amazed I'll be like inquisitive like I want to know about what you've done and I'm impressed and I'm proud of you but that doesn't make me feel shit because I'm still me, like, what you've done has no implication on what I've done, and it's something that, like, I'm not good at it, it happens all the time, and I really trip up a lot, but having that thought process in my head of remembering that what you've done has no implication on what I've done, 
If anything, why have you crossed my path? Because that's interesting. Is this to teach me something? Is this to show me something? Is this to light a spark inside of me? Like, why have you crossed my path? If I'm intimidated by you, it probably means I've done, you've done something that I want to do. So try and shifting it as well in your head from being like, I'm not intimidated by you because you've done things I want to do. What an incredible opportunity this is to learn from someone who's done it. Like, this is a blessing. This is why this has happened. It's not a curse to make you feel shit. It's an opportunity to make you realise how you're going to get to a position in your life that you want to get to. And it doesn't have to be academically or career-wise. It could even be they're a really confident person. And so you watch how they interact with people and you're like, I want to be like that. That's why they crossed my path. It wasn't to make me feel shit about being less confident. It was to make me realise how much I want that. And that's kind of how I change it in my head, which I think has been helpful. Oh my God, this has been 20 minutes. I'm so sorry. Anyway, onto the new things that I've done this week that I recorded two days ago. It's like time traveling, isn't it? Okay, onto the new things that I've done this week, guys. Mainly the new thing I've done is bought Calm. And this is again my little plug for buying Calm. It's great and I'm loving every second of it. Also, I haven't mentioned it on here, but I have... So this company, Dematica, got in contact with me about doing like a skincare kind of thing where basically if I use their skincare and I tell people about it then they'll send it to me for free and so guys that was for full transparency I want you guys to know everything I feel like I'd be weird if I was just like promoting it without letting you know but that I got it for free but it's a personalized skincare thing and I've always wanted to try these and so I did my whole like checkup thing and everything and I've been using it for two weeks now. I wanted to give it a bit of time before I told you guys about it because I wanted to check that it was actually good. It is so good. My skin hasn't looked this good in ages. Like, it genuinely hasn't looked this good. My spots have all nearly disappeared. It's been brilliant and I honestly couldn't re- recommend it enough. And the fact that it's personalised to your own skin tone, because, not skin tone, your own skin type, because I, sorry, I need to move my legs, I've got cramp. Because I initially said that I had, um, I was just struggling with, like, glow and then they were like, <laughs> no, lol, you you've got spots and we're gonna help you sort them and I was like okay thank you um and it's going great you get like this one tube bottle and you get one each month and it's just a personalized thing so I think mine's got cyclist something in niacinamide and another thing and I just use it morning and night and that's the only serums that I use It's really, really, really good. When you think about how much money, and this is the thing with skincare, I kind of use it a bit like an experiment sometimes. I forget it's my own face I'm experimenting on, and then I end up coming out in like these massive spots, and it's really bad. But this has been a game changer. If you, like, you don't have to use it. If you're interested in using it, you can use my code, and you can get like 10% off in your first order for three quid. Like you get, and that included in that is unlimited consultations with dermatologists. You get a checkup consultation where they read to you, like they they you send your photos in, they assess your skin tone, your skin. I keep saying skin tone, I mean skin type. They assess your skin type. They make the personalized bottle for you. Even if you just try it for a month for three quid, it's so worth it. The links in my, I'm going to include the link below because. I think you guys will like it, to be honest. I am really liking it and couldn't recommend it enough. But yeah, that and Calm. I'm also about to start a new book called, what's it called? Ali Smith, How to Be Both. It says, it brims with palpable joy. I think I need that. I need that right now. I'll read you the blurb. Uh, a renaissance artist of the 1460s a child of a child of the 1960s two tales of love and injustice twist into a singular yarn where time gets timeless knowing gets mysterious fiction gets real and all lives given a all lives get given a second chance i'm excited about it it's written in a really cool way and i don't know much about it i just know it's got really good reviews it was um shortlisted for loads and loads and loads of awards so yeah 
I'm excited to read it and I will let you know what it says, what, what it's like. I finished, oh my God, I finished, um, what's it called? Storyteller. I finished it. It was brilliant. I think I told you guys about this. I can't remember when I had a bath because I finished it then. It was incredible. Couldn't recommend it enough. But anyway, I hope you're all having a lovely week. Make sure you are following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And I will be back with you on Christmas day or boxing day. I don't know, whatever day next Sunday is. Okay, anyway, I hope you're having a great week and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, final thing. Two final things, actually. I said bye a bit eagerly. First off, if you can give me a little rating, if you can share the podcast with one person. Guys, I really, really want to reach like 500 listeners before the end of the year. It's a tough ask, but I believe it can happen. Also, I want to make merch. And I mentioned this the last podcast episode and there was some interest. If you are interested in merch, (laughs) because I'm going to make some for myself and I will make it for you as well. We can all just be, I was thinking like stickers. They would be so cute, like little stickers on all of our laptops, just spreading you've got mail around the world. I'm going to post it to you and you can all stick the stickers everywhere and world domination of the podcast. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's on the news. You've got mail is everywhere. That would be incredible. But no. Anyway, if you are interested, reply. I'm going to do like a little story today on my Instagram or something. Or reply to the Spotify message. There is a Spotify message question that you can reply to. Reply to it if you are interested, please. So I don't just spend loads of money on merch that no one wants. But anyway, I hope you have a lovely week. And I promise this is the end now. Speak to you soon. Bye.